Welcome to another episode of the Speak the Language podcast. We are back in the main studio at the office this week, and this episode, as per usual, we always try to do these uh, based upon what the listeners ask us to do. And we have done, so that the style of this, this episode is going to be, is based around kind of what do you carry with you in your turkey vest. We get that one. I think we've done that one before. I don't know if it was last year or the spring before, but um, folks are always asking that, and it kind of turns into more of like a, it goes beyond a what's in your vest to like pretty much what do you have on you when you're turkey hunting? What yeah. are the th- what are your must-haves? What do you got to, what are you not going to go without? And so on and so forth. Toilet paper. Yeah, Jordan, toilet paper. So one, we have uh, Jordan. Jordan is with us, which he's no stranger to the podcast. But we also have Jacob Thomason. This is you. Have, this is your first time on the podcast, first right? First time. So um, before we let, let's establish some street cred for you, real quick. Like, tell it, <laughs> explain your role at Primos. I know you as the gear guy. Yeah, kind of the gear guy. Yeah, so I'm the I'm the senior product manager here at Primos. So I kind of manage all the product development uh, for everything Primos. Um, you know, grew up turkey hunting in the Ozarks of Missouri and, uh, still try to get a few killed today. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's with street cred, establishing yeah. street cred. You got some turkey hunting background. I've killed one or two. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. So every, I mean, like that's, I mean, you get everything from trail cameras to calls to all of it. Yep. All of it. Blinds, everything, uh, everything we handle. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's top to bottom. So uh, if something doesn't work, it's Jacob's fault. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Email how, Jordan Blissett. He'll get the message to me. You know how that that always seems to work like one way, though? Like if it doesn't work, it's your fault. But if it does work, no one ever comes and congratulates you. Then it you. was Jason Harris's idea. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, so basically, Jacob has a really fun job. Gets all the credit. <laughs> I like it, though. It's a good time. Yeah, yeah. So let's start this from the very, like, well, let's start it at where where the original question based off of the absolute must-haves that you're going to have in your turkey vest. And this is not, this is going to be like, we we brought you, Jacob, on here for one, you know, particular reason. But, I mean, like you said, you're a seasoned turkey hunter, been doing it for a long time. So this is going to be more of a roundtable discussion style, like input from everybody, things that must be had in the turkey vest. So, uh, one thing that we got to look forward to this year is the new, I didn't even think about this, but we got the new um, Will Primo Signature Vest. We do. Coming out this year. Um, so, even before we go to what's in the vest or what's the vest, that's going to be the vest. Everyone, we, we got those, we got the first round of them like towards the end of last spring. Wasn't it like April? Uh, we No, I rolled, rolled a prototype all through season. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm we got them in, um, yeah, early spring. Uh, you guys ran them. Will ran them most of last spring. No, that's right. Yeah, because I was wearing them in like uh, I know at least like in early April. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I ran mine the whole season. I don't think I had it when I was in Florida, and I did not tear it up. I think we started running them in Mississippi. Yeah, yeah that uh, sounds more right. And I did not have a scuff on it, so that speaks a lot. Yeah. Well, like I said, we all, all three of us, especially knowing here how particular Wilbur Primos is. So yes. that vest has more capabilities than than the average one. There's so many pockets and places to put things. Personally, and everyone laughs at me when I say this, but I'm not kidding. I think if I had to pick one favorite feature, it's the ability to put a hydration bladder in there. Yeah. Because I absolutely hate putting a crunching water bottle 
I mean, you got to have water when you're out there, but you get like a regular water bottle that's going to crunch and make all kinds of noise. That's the first thing I did was get a hydration bladder and put it in that thing. I, that's probably my favorite thing about it. Yep, it's got a hydration bladder pocket. It's also got water, bo- water bottle pockets because Mr. Will prefers a bottle he over does. a bladder. He does. And as you guys know, this was uh, exactly what Mr. Will wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was so, a, so one of our add-ins is put the bladder pocket on it. Yep. Yeah. So it, it can carry a, a couple of water bottles or or a bladder, however you want to ride it. So. Yeah. It can go whatever they say, however you want it, any way you want it. That's the way you'll get it. Do you have a number of pockets that's in that thing? Uh, no. It's it's a fifty lot. plus. It's a lot. I haven't counted them, but there's pockets on pockets and pockets, and I'm like, I've got everything so organized now. Yeah. Which again, is Wilbur. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yep. Like yeah. I, I have one pocket just for my gloves. I have one pocket for my face mask. I got one pocket just for my shells. It's all. It's nice. One thing that I like, because like the changes that y'all made from the fir- from the first run to the ones that we got now, the ones that are going to be on sale this year, is I like that the shell pocket is on the inside, and you got the zipper, and then you got the slots to put the shells in. Yep, that's nice. Oh, very very nice. One thing about those daggum TSS shells, they are not cheap. No. And I have found myself when I've been crawling doing whatever it takes to get to you know within where i think i can kill a turkey of looking behind me and i've got a trail of stuff never good no and i need to lose stuff and the good thing about the shell pockets on this thing is they've got the what's that called a molly yeah that, that you put them in yep. then you can zip them in there mm-hmm. so, yeah man i really i mean like I, that's one of the first things i noticed because i was trying to get everything organized because you know how it is especially when you're transferring over things from one vest to another vest even if uh you know everything that you got. I'm like, all right, this is a blank vest. How do I want to organize exactly. this? You know, and I found that shell pocket first. Like, this is nice. Yep. yep. The thermosel pocket's super nice too. Yeah. Uh, you know, Garrett, who was kind of in charge of this, did a really good job designing that one. You know, you can run your thermosel in, and it's got vents and everything. You can see when your thermosel's running while it's in the vest. Mm-hmm. It's even got individual pouches inside the thermosel pouch to hold cartridges and extra thermosel. Yeah stuff and i mean because how many times have you had a thermosel you run it and you get up and move and then a couple moves on a turkey later you go where's my thermosel yeah you start getting bit and you're like oh <laughs> forgot something yeah this is a problem <laughs> and with it yeah absolutely just having capabilities of leaving it in your vest and turning it on in the vest you don't have to take it out all you gotta do is slip the switch turn it on you're you're rolling you mm-hmm. know if you get up and walk off your thermosel is running with you mm-hmm. yeah it's nice so and then last thing or not it doesn't have to be the last thing but the last thing I want to hit on that seat y'all did good on that seat that was uh that was again a, a Wilbur requirement he said you will use this thickness of foam and uh it'll be this wide and so uh you know that's kind of where it landed and then you know the the magnet attachment system's the best I've ever seen on a yeah. vest a lot of people use magnets but we've all used them and you shoulder your gun and they fall off mm-hmm. or you you know, you throw a decoy over your shoulder in your back pouch and it knocks it off. This one, uh, it, it doesn't come loose unless you want it to. Uh, it uses a, a full strip of magnets instead of individual magnets. Yeah. And, and it, it locks in there good. And that but, was one thing we ran into last spring when we were testing it. We were like, we've got to change the magnet system. Mm-hmm. And we did it. Yeah. It works great the, now. The other thing, too, on the on the other side of that is when you get up, and you try to flip the magnet up a lot of the vests you know these days you'll stand up and you'll be trying to find it back there to get mm-hmm. it to click i was messing around with this thing you don't have to find it because it's that strip like you said you just mm-hmm. pop and it's there mm-hmm. 
So it's it's yeah, I, I'm very very excited about that. Very test. well thought out. It's been tested. I mean, I think I hunted eighty four days in it last year. Yeah, and you were right there, right around that many. Yeah, it's been it's been worn a lot by a lot by all of us here at Primos. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, the, and the adjustments, just little tweaks here and there that have been made. I mean, we've been through five or six rounds of prototyping and yeah. And I think we've finally got it dialed. So I but think so. One of the biggest things for me is uh, it doesn't run down on your, you know, on your hips. That's a good point. So like for me, it ends right around the end of my belly. So when I'm walking, my legs are not hitting the bottom of the vest, which is a, it's one of my pet peeves. I cannot stand a vest going back and forth, and you're walking, especially if you got water bottle or something up in there, it's go mm-hmm. doing that number yeah, while you're walking. Sure. Yeah. And, and it's size specific, which is which is nice too. Yeah. I mean, traditionally vests are you'll get a large XL and it'll fit anyone from 150 pounds to 250 pounds. Yeah. These are size specific, um, high end, and and they just fit better than than most of them out there yeah. that are really adjustable. Yeah, so. I just I, I know there's probably I know for a fact I'm, I'm glad we ended up getting on this because there's been folks ask about it already. Um, this spring and then last spring there was a couple pictures pop up when we were wearing those and there was folks asking us about it so that's kind of the rundown on the will in the will primo signature vest it is yeah yeah i want to make sure i had the name right i knew it had to be something like that yeah that's it a pocket for every one of your needs every single one of your needs (laughs) everyone yep even if you didn't know you had it you got a pocket for it oh yeah i'm sure like this first florida trip i'll be down there and i'll probably be looking for something go around oh there's another pocket there you go <laughs> i don't know what i'm utilize. gonna put in there but yeah at least i got a pocket for it it's like when you buy a new truck it takes you about a, a couple of weeks or whatever to figure out where all the instruments are and where all the new gadgets are on it you know mm-hmm. it takes some figuring out on it like well but once you figure out where everything is and you have it memorized dude you can get stuff in and out without ever jumbling anything mm-hmm. yeah Mm-hmm. yeah it's super quiet vest too i mean the fabric's really well done all yeah. the closures are super quiet it's got ykk zippers i mean it's you got the you still got the d rings up top so you can hang your mouth call pouch that was a big one for me yeah big big one yeah so fat going forward for the contents inside the vest let's go well let's go fun one first let's go cause cause wise i know I'll start out, I guess, like one thing that I'm doing this year, and J- Jordan, you commented on it earlier. In the past, I um, or not probably the past, I don't know, two or three springs, far as slate call goes, I was on a kick where I just wanted like actual slate. That's the surface I wanted. Yeah. So I was running like the, the rare breed slate was probably the one that I used most often. And I had success with that, but this year for – Really, for no other reason, I was talking to, I think it was me and Jason talking, and I was telling him the story where the the, my, the first slate call that I actually bought, like saved up my money and bought, was the uh, Primo's Freak with Crystal. Mm-hmm. It was the first one, the one strapped to your leg and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just got to thinking, I was, I was so in love with that call when I was little, and I was like, man, I didn't get me another Crystal call or a glass-style call, you know, and so I got a rare breed with glass and i still got the slate one too so i mean I, that again with that vest you got that one how many slate four four you can put up four slates in that yep. thing yeah so right now i'm just talking about the rare breed slate and the rare breed glass and i can carry two more if i want to if you want to if you want to like mr will yeah oh he'll probably have that thing loaded <laughs> he's <out>. got four <laughs> that's yeah. why he's got four pockets <laughs> um 
when I think about calls and like stuff that you will not go without, I've got to think about Jordan and your uh, your tall timber Gabriel box call. Yeah, that's gonna be that's that is gonna be in my vest every time. Uh, I usually a tote call wise. I tote the tall timber, and I'll have one glass pot. Yeah, and uh, two or three different strikers because strikers make a big difference. Yes, they do. As far as tone and pitch on a call. And uh, I have my mouth call pouch, and I use it. That's my using my three. I I usually have like more in there just for backup or whatever. But that's going to be the three yeah. I use mostly. Yeah. And uh, that's that's pretty much my go-to. I strike turkeys with the box in the middle of the day, whatever, and uh, usually go to mouth call since when we sit down at a tree. Yeah, that's how I am typically. I'm probably eighty-five to ninety percent mouth call. Yeah uh slate call gets mixed in there a good bit but same everyone that box call used for tip you know reaching out there and touch which again for some reason i don't know what it is it makes me think about i remember when i was younger watching the primos videos there was always like uh brad had that little heartbreaker that he called baby and that was like his box call Mm -hmm. you wouldn't see him with another box call except that one that was that was his and over the past what's it been now jordan like two years I've been two or three. Three. This will be the fourth season I've had that call. Yeah, and I don't know what it is about that thing, but it's you know how you know what I'm talking about, Make Jacob. Some talk. Yeah, you. Everyone has. Hopefully, everyone has one. But if you don't have one, your your buddy has like that one call that mm-hmm. it's no blowing smoke. That call is known to pull a gobble out in the most dire of situations. Yeah, just the one that you got all the confidence in. Yeah, it's gonna get them. And that's that that one that tall timber of Jordan's. It's I'm similar to Brad. I, I, I run a little Heartbreaker a lot as oh, my yeah. box. Uh, yeah. My vest is real similar to his. I'll run a Power Crystal usually uh, with a couple of Strikers and then and then a little Heartbreaker is kind of my uh, yeah. reach out and touch one. Yeah. I have. I mean, I have a Tall Timber as well. Pro- probably, like, I probably use, me personally, probably use a Slate Call for a Strike and then I do a box. But, again, I mean, that's all personal preference, you know. It's whatever whoever whoever the hunter of the day wants to do but it's about confidence yeah it's 100 percent about confidence in the call i think you can wheel a turkey to gobble if you have enough confidence <laughs> you can wheel him to gobble you can wheel him to gobble i don't know that i've ever wheeled one to gobble i've I'd tried like, a lot of times and i'd, failed, like, to, I'd like to think that i, I have. need to hunt more with jordan <laughs> it's all about brain power yeah I'm a little short on that for sure. If we operate enough brain power, Jordan, we would never make no turkey gobble. <laughs> well, all all the little bit of I have goes devoted to making him gobble. So. It's focused. Yeah, it's very channeled. If you would have said like desire or something, brain power, and I'm not, I'm talking about me too in that conversation. Yeah. Like if I had to rely on that, I mean, have you seen the size of my head? It's got to have a lot of brains up there. They're I just, don't know. They're just not used for much. I mean, it's got a lot of storage space up there. I don't know if there's a lot of brain up there. That's a hard drive. It's not even been touched. <laughs> a lot of capacity still. Yeah. It stays corrupted most of the time. Yeah. Malfunction. Malfunction. Hey, guys. I'm going to pause the conversation for just one second because since we're having a Turkey Gear podcast, we're having a whole conversation based around things that we would not dare step into the spring woods without. I can't have that conversation without mentioning the Onyx Hunt app. Onyx is one of those things that I've added to my arsenal, and now I don't know what I would do without it. It has so many incredible 
features. It has satellite and topo maps. It has private and public land information and boundaries. It has the ability to drop and save waypoints, the ability to share waypoints if you want to. It has online maps that you can save so you can still use the app if you don't have cell service, the ability to mark your trails in and out of new spots. The list really does go on, on and on. I'm not lying when I say this is something that I use every single day. I can't say enough good things about it, so go check it out today, the Onyx Hunt app. Use the promo code PRIMOS20 to save 20% on your Onyx Hunt membership. Yeah, that's. I mean, I feel like that's pretty standard. I know probably uh, like mouth calls, we get a lot of mouth call questions. Um, I still, as far as folks asking me what I blow, pretty much anything that primos makes that is a bat cut style of a mouth call that's what you're going to find in that pouch because that's like we've touched on this before and i'm sure most people listening to this have you're not if you hear somebody blowing you know this call and it sounds and you go i want to sound that way too you can make it get that exact same call and sound completely different completely it's all dependent upon a person that's why there's so many cuts yeah that's like the way a mouth call works and if you don't know this there's tons of videos out there we've got a few but uh that air has to go over that cut to make the high end come out yeah so that's why there's so many cuts is because everybody blows air channels down their tongue a little bit different Mm -hmm. so you gotta pick and choose go through a bunch of them and figure out what's your cut what works best for you yeah i'm like there was a couple years ago there was a combo cut call that you had i think that you sounded good on and I promise you, you give me that call, and I am not going to sound good. I cannot, If it's not a bat cut, I can't I can't do it. That's just, just how I blow the call for whatever reason. It's some style of bat cut, or it, it ain't working for me. Yeah, I'm a bat cut guy, too. Yeah? We were noticing that the other day. I was trying to blow a, a ghost cut. And, I mean, I can blow a bat cut decent. I'm, yeah. I get the job done. You give me a ghost cut, man. A ghost cut, I can kiki on it. That's about it. Me too. And per cluck, because that's basic. Yeah, but Yelp. My Yelpin is atrocious on a ghost cut, but some people sound great on them. It's just, like you said, different different cuts for the way you you blow a call. And that's that air channel. Mm -hmm. You know, with a bat cut, the cut is on the left and right side. So if you're blowing a channel of air down the left side of your tongue, it's going over that bat cut where it's cut out, so you're getting that high end. On a mm-hmm. ghost cut, it's completely opposite. The cut's in the middle of the call. So if your air is going down the side of your tongue, it's not even going over the cut. So that's yeah. how all that works. There you go. Brain I learned power. something today. Brain power. See, he does use some of it. Oh, look, there was a few years. I mean, I don't know how many years ago it was, but we I, can't, I remember even the videos we were watching where they were talking about that because I had no idea either. I just knew... For some reason, bat cut agreed with me. That's all I knew. Dude, I used to be terrible at running a mouth call. And it was mechanics. I had no idea how to mechanic as far as air pressure and how to blow. I was spitting more than I was huffing. And uh, I I finally found enough videos and figured out how the cuts worked on a call and went through probably 30 different styles and cuts and combinations and finally figured out what somewhat works for me. It sounded so bad. Oh, I used to be terrible, <laughs> like terrible. But uh, I'm still not that good. But I, I like finally got the mechanics down and oh, you you've improved. Like seriously, if you go and watch like video footage from you, like right when you first started here to now, you say, I mean, like your Yelp doesn't even sound yeah. close to the same. I'd always been told that you know some people just got it and some people don't. Yeah. 
Well, the case is not, that's not true. You Mm-mm. can figure out, anybody can learn how to blow a mouth call. You just have to figure out the combination that works for you and get the mechanics down. Yeah. And again, because whenever we talk about this, someone always brings up that you don't have to sound like a competition turkey caller to kill turkeys. I'm not saying you do. But what I've learned, and you said this earlier when we were talking about box calls, I it's all about the certain level of confidence. And so, like, truly, if I have a mouth call that I'm not confident with, I'm not going to hunt as well with it. Just I mean, it's a mental thing for me. Agreed. And so I get to where, like, I'm pretty picky about my mouth calls. And just I'll get comfortable with one, and if I have confidence in that call, then I hunt better, you know? Yep. That, that's the that's the the big the big point for me i guess but yeah mouth calls are always a like a big topic of conversation because yep. you've got guys that that hammer on it you've got guys that are really good with it and still get all kinds of calls you've always got guys that haven't quite figured it out yet and i mean there's just so many facets in that mouth call and you've got department. will primos it sounds the same on any call he puts it in his mouth that's a fact right like, i don't know how he does it it re- that you could hand him one of those you could hand him a true double you could hand him a combo cut you could hand him anything he's gonna sound the exact same exactly the same i've never figured it out i remember one time we were somewhere i think we may have been at rivers run and we were turkey hunting and i walked in and he was sitting at the he was standing at the little um counter in the kitchen and he had these little pair of scissors out and he had these mouth calls and he was trimming on them making him some different cuts and he went to yelping and he was like, he's like, how'd that sound? I was like, it sounds good. And then he went through, he kept on asking me how it sounded. And he said, which one sounded the best? And I said, I had no idea you switched calls. <laughs> he said, what? I was like, I really didn't. I thought he was just kept trimming on the same one or something. I was like, I didn't, you sound the same. <laughs> he's like, those are three different calls. I'm like, well, they sound the same. It apparently works. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no question in that. It's just funny. It is funny. Uh, he knows it too oh like yeah we were talking about you know coming out with working on some more mouth calls and stuff and he's like don't give me whatever you want it's gonna sound the same yeah. it's like i don't want my wp1 to change just keep it the same yeah yeah so. it's, he knows i guess if it ain't broke don't fix it right exactly right <laughs> <laughs> okay so that covers about calls pretty good i feel like um what else to have in i will say this about calls okay we do, we do carry a gobble shaker every once in a while. Yes, we do. It's usually in the vest. That very, is, we very rarely use it, but it has worked. I'm glad you brought that up because that is true. It's something. It, it's one of those things where it's not hard to carry, especially with that vest with unlimited amounts of pockets. Got a pocket just for it. And <laughs> so, and There's so, just for it. and so, like Jordan said, I'm not ever going to say the gobble shaker is something I use on a daily basis because it's not. But you will find yourself in situations where you're going, I need that gobble shaker, 100%. Yep. And sometimes it's desperation. I yeah. can't get anything to gobble, and you'll hit it, and one answers, you're like, well, mm-hmm. it was worth packing all this year. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Yep. That's what's our, next? Uh, let's go to, I know one thing, because we're kind of thinking on vest, um, right in that same department is binoculars. And... Again, I got to credit Jordan to this because I used to never carry binoculars, but I am big on it now. Like, really, like to the point, like I feel like I have to have them. But I feel like uh, 
There's some folks that do it, some folks that don't. I would highly suggest getting some binoculars and carrying them with you if you can. I'm not going turkey hunting without a pair. Yeah. Even, I mean, whether it's fields, woods, pine thicket, I'm still going to have a pair of binoculars with me. I use, and now typically, I will say, I don't carry like a big pair like I have deer hunting. I have a smaller pair that I that I carry with me, but. So, I, talking about the Will Primo's vest, talking about binoculars. Mm-hmm. I've got a pair of Bushnell Forges. I think they're eight by 32s. Yeah. And they fit perfect in the pot call holster really? on the vest. Like perfect. Go. So it's like I've got my pot call on one side of the vest and I've got on the other pot call holder I have that pair of binoculars. Works yeah. out great. That is nice. But yeah, that's where I I'm a believer in the in the binocular thing now cuz you find yourself like once I got talked into carrying them one time I was like, "You know, I do use these. This yeah. is nice." Yeah. to have. For sure. I was never a binocular guy, and, and then I actually hunted with Will Lawrence, who all, uh, works here at Primos, too, and three different times in the course of a week, he spotted turkeys that I didn't spot. Because and, he had binos? Because he had his binos, and I'd look in a field and not see him, and he'd look in the field and see him. And we ended up killing one of them that I would have either spooked the turkey or walked yeah. past it. Uh, didn't answer a call, came in quiet, but still died there was i mean there's been instances it might have been right after i started carrying them but just just like you were talking about i was hunting with uh keith polk on a, it was like a kind of a crummy afternoon overcast and everything and nothing yeah. was gobbling so we were just kind of walking around we'd prospect a little bit and checking food plots and there was a food plot it was kind of long and narrow and when i first glanced out there with my just my naked eye i did not see the first turkey just because the the field had enough roll in it and they were just far enough down there i picked those binos up and spotted them and had i said had i not done that and said field's clear we're about to walk right across there and bump them and we wouldn't have killed those turkeys that day or turkey same thing happened in maine last year where with gary's kill oh yeah you know we're creeping down this road and you you have a big field we were kind of uh i guess side swiping down the road in the woods and Mm -hmm. every few feet i'd stop and look binoculars and finally i saw that head sticking out of grass up there i was like all right boys yeah you know that wouldn't have happened without them no we'd have bumped them yeah 100 percent. yeah and and will just saw the the top four inches of that turkey's fan that we saw he's just over a little roll and he just saw maybe four inches of the top of a fan. He said, there's a gobbler strutting right there. And then he came out of strutting. You couldn't see him again, but he'd already seen him. He knew it was there. He's like, he's right there. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely, I mean, it's, it is worth doing. Yeah, it's, it's worth, worth It's worth carrying for yeah, sure. hundred percent. Ever since I started, I haven't stopped. Yeah. The days that I've not had them, I'm like, crap, I forgot my, my binoculars. Mm-hmm. So we covered vests, covered calls, covered binos, other things to not go without. I'm going to go with decoys decoys okay always well yeah always something to have in the arsenal even if it's a day where you're not going to hunt with a decoy most turkey hunters i know that once turkey season starts they're in their truck somewhere for sure or in the back of their vest or in the buggy or whatever somewhere close by in case uh they run across a turkey or whatever giving them fits the situation arises where you need them you always want to have them accessible Mm -hmm. so this is i guess we talked about one of the main reasons i guess the the whole, the centered point of why Jacob is on this podcast today is we have some new decoys coming out. We do. That, how, how I'm not going to, I'm going to lean on you for these detail, details. How long have y'all been working on these? Uh, Going on three years. Three years. Yep. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was around there because I remember we'd been hearing about them for a while and there was 
I don't know. I again, I'm, I know I'm. This is all I will say before I let you start going into the specifics of it. I know they are the photo form decoys. They are, and I know what I have seen so far excites me. So if you don't mind, kind of go into a little bit more from there about how that whole idea came about and the premise of those decoys. Sure. So there, there's there's great looking decoys out there, and you know we've got our gobstopper decoys, and there's a lot of other other manufacturers that make fantastic looking decoys, but kind of our fatal flaw jumps you know the fatal flaw in those jumps back to what you talked about earlier which is having them readily accessible yeah no one likes carrying those big bags of decoys yeah so we're like well how do we get the realism that they have Mm -hmm. in a much lighter more compact easier to carry package and uh so we you know we kind of brainstormed and thought through it and you know realism all those other decoys are hand painted and they look fantastic they don't necessarily look like a turkey but they look great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, we figured, how can we make one look exactly like a turkey? Well, ours are based off of a photo of a turkey. So yeah. we took a, a hand carving of a turkey mount that we had carved, and then we took a photo of that mount, and we essentially laminate that photo to a foam version of that carving. So it's yeah. an actual turkey with a picture of an actual turkey laminated to it. Mm-hmm. So you can't get more real than an actual photo of a turkey laminated to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I first, when I was first explained that concept, I was like, that sounds cool, but I was like, I kind of want to see it. You know, I was like, I want to, I want to see what the end result's going to look like. And, uh, I remember the first time I walked back there and y'all had that strutter decoy. I was like, oh, wow. That, okay. That looks real. The first time I heard of it, I was thinking like, in my mind, like as one of these, one-dimensional pop-up things you know mm-hmm. like a lot of people use like to get behind for spot and stalk like elk or pronghorn or whatever that's what i was thinking about and i couldn't like register in my mind this is actually going to be the shape of a turkey and all that yep. so, yeah yeah it's it's full 3d um shaped off of um taxidermied mounts that we you know we went through a lot of mounts to even find the shape that we wanted mm-hmm. and then had that exactly carved and photographed and then lamp made a foam mold of that carving yeah and then laminated the photos to that foam mold so yeah. you've got a really really lightweight um collapsible but like ultra realistic turkey yeah so like the strutter is less than two pounds it yeah. folds up completely flat really small you can easily carry a, a strutter and two hens in the back of your vest and you're less than five pounds See, that's honestly like the realism obviously a really good really good feature obviously mm-hmm. but the the com- how compact they are and being able to carry them around like that that might be the most important feature to me yeah me too i mean that was that was the thing we were trying to accomplish is uh, i've hunted uh, you know hunting with the strutters is a lot of fun turkeys react to strutters mm-hmm. kind of in crazy ways and we we've, we've been successful with the b mobile and and several other strutters in the past but anyone who's ever hunted with them knows they're not fun to carry no you've got one hand completely occupied carrying a turkey at all times mm-hmm. um so these decoys you know, you don't have that problem. They yeah. fold down. They they all go right in the back pocket of your vest. And and if you want to deploy them, they're always with you. That was my problem is I'd have those other ones, and I'd get tired of carrying them, and I'd leave it in the truck, and then I'd want it. Yep. And it was in the truck. Yep. But these, I'm going to carry them with me everywhere I go. And the cool thing about them is once you, like, fold them up, roll them up, whatever, in the back of your vest, you pop them out. Like, the way that type of material y'all made them out of, it has no wrinkles. It doesn't, like, hold... It, it pops right back to the form where it's yep. supposed to be. Goes right back to full shape. 
Yeah. And I, I really like, I want to hang, you know, make a big emphasis on that point too, because there's a fair amount of decoys out there today that you can fold up and everyone will know what I'm talking about. But you know, some, a lot of the ones out there these days, when you try to pop them back out, there's going to be a dent in them and there's going to be, but like these, like it can't happen. Not with that kind of foam. Yeah. The foam just doesn't take memory. I yeah. mean, once it's pressed into the shape that it is, it's that shape. Yeah. And we've had them rolled up and we put them in the freezer for two months. We've had one sitting outside in the sun for four months and it's still yeah same shape. Yeah. Sun and ice and everything else we've had in Mississippi it hasn't changed shape at all. <laughs> yeah. So. Ice in Mississippi. We had it though. Uh, y'all worked a lot on the color too. That was a point, you know, about getting the, making sure that photograph was exactly right. Yeah. So that, that was a challenge. The, it's one thing to print it on something flat, but then when you stretch that over a shape, it, it changed the color yeah. uh, and changed the coloration. So, yeah, I don't know how many color uh, revisions we went through, but there's a bunch. The, one of the first ones y'all got in, it was like purple. Yeah. <laughs> we've had purple ones. We've had orange ones. Yeah. We've had every color but a turkey. And we finally got her, finally got it pretty dialed, I think. Oh, but yeah. It was definitely a process of of kind of learning what happens to the fabric when you stretch it over the foam and what the base color of the foam's got to be and what the base color of the fabric's got to be. Because, yeah. you know, when we photograph it, you're just printing a photo on a white piece of paper. Yeah. But you can't print it on white fabric and stretch it and get the same color. Yeah. So well, I just like talking about this on here, you know, because I don't think we've ever gone in this much detail on on a product like that. And so had we not, you know, these, these photo forms would come out and people would see them and all they'd see is that product. I mm -hmm. think it's cool to just know like how much actually went into it for it to get there. Yep. Of using them and testing them and getting the color right and the foam and all of that, sticking them in the freezer, leaving them out in the sun. I like it. Yep. And even the heads, I mean, the, the heads are a, a full taxidermy hand carved head as well. Mm -hmm. That was a process in itself. Right. Yeah. So getting the head right one and then figuring out how to attach that to foam where it looked natural and didn't have a big seam and yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And then even dialing the, the size and the paint scheme down on the heads. But you know, I think, I think we nailed it. So, yeah. Yeah. Were you going to say something, Jordan? One of the, uh, I know when y'all were first, well, the first, I guess, test sample we had was it three years ago now. Yeah. And, uh, Lake and I took it to Florida and, uh, like this is a funny story just just to reference on how much testing and stuff has been done with it like we took it to florida put it out there first day in a field we knew that the gobblers had been in and this hen pops out and uh she sees this thing from like 200 yards and takes out running away yeah we was like uh-oh something's wrong with this <laughs> not not the results we were hoping for <laughs> we were i remember we sat there we we're like what in the world yeah and, Come to find out, what was the deal? So it had to do with um, UV and the way that birds see UV light versus um, humans. So to us, it, the photo looked perfect, right? It looked right. just like a turkey. Um, but when you looked at it under UV light, it, it had active UV and it glowed um, glowed under UV light. And apparently, uh, we, turkeys can see UV yeah. um, <laughs> because she flew and... And you guys were like, uh, guys, I think we've got a problem. So, yeah. It's like, um, we're, we're, uh, I'm not going to, like, we've gave it a fair run here. We've got work to do, boys. Yeah, we've got to get something <laughs> yeah. killed, so we'll get back with you. So, yeah. But that was, a, uh, that was just, like, the amount of testing and stuff, you know, just going and trying it and trying different stuff. I mean, that's kind of the backbone what Primo's has always been, you know, and mm -hmm. figuring that out. Yeah. 
And it was obviously that was the issue because as soon as y'all fixed that, we didn't have any more hens running for their life. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't fly away when they saw it. So yeah, that's, they that's would, always a plus, Yeah, they would right? walk up to it and say, hey, you yeah. know, hello, other turkey. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny, though. I remember that phone call. It was the Garrett who worked with me on the project. He was just like, oh, no. <laughs> what are we going to do? I said, huh? We'll figure out why they ran from it. It's either posture or, or coloration or something's off. And, yeah. and it was... It was UV once we got that fixed. Yeah. How did y'all ever come up with that was the, like, like figure out, hey, let's check it for UV? Uh, Garrett just did some research on, and you don't really know what a bird sees, right? We're not right birds, yeah. So we can't tell exactly what they see, but there's some research that points to the fact that they see in, in ultraviolet um, tones. And so he kind of looked at that, and then he um, got an ultra a UV light, and he'd shine it on a mounted turkey, and it didn't react, and he'd shine it on his, and it turn purple and he was like oh well, there I think, it is i think there's the problem and as soon as we got one that was you know uv treated to kill all the uv the problem went away so. yeah because that i mean that was the to my knowledge that was like test number one yeah that was, that. that was the first turkey that ever saw the decoy yeah and it flew away so it was not a good <laughs> Man, start i but. ain't gonna lie i was like i don't know what this thing gonna do but bump this freaking decoy <laughs> yeah well yeah well they gotta figure this thing out which y'all did though yeah so all the props y'all figured that out yeah props to you and garrett it's, for doing that it's just always funny talking about the first steps of designing a brand new revenue you know this is really something that's never been on the market before right. and you got to figure it out from square one yep and again this three years put into this thing yeah and then and that's because we had the poor results the first year and we're like hey we gotta make sure this thing's dialed before yeah. it goes to market i mean the the posture and the the graphics and everything um the carving of the first round looked very similar to where it ended up then it, it wasn't posture it yeah 100 percent no, that the uv that cloth treatment yeah so. that's wildly interesting and funny but yeah, I'm looking forward to it because, like I said, we leave to today is Wednesday, March the third. We leave tomorrow morning to go to South Florida. We'll get there tomorrow night, have the fifth to kind of check out our surroundings, and then opening day it's go time, and uh, we will have those deployed. And I think yeah, ever since well, I mean after that first test, we won't have any, we won't have any repeats of that. They're ready to go now. They're not gonna fly off. <laughs> If they do, it's not the decoy. If they do, it wasn't. If they do, it's because Jordan moved. Yeah, or somebody. Yeah, yeah. Won't be. They're they're ready to go. They get to go. I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to. I think that strutter's going to get attacked. That thing. I mean, seriously, it. It looks really good. Yeah, it it really like it's enough. Like they didn't say it wasn't like a hey late come back here and check out the new strutter. I just happened to be coming through there and I was like whoa whoa is that the thing? They were like yeah that's it like. And that was paint. That was uh, artwork number five or six on that one. The the one next to it's kind of the orange one we talked about a little oh, yeah. earlier. But the bronze, we like, the bronze face turkey. Yeah, the bronze face. <laughs> yeah, didn't come out like we planned, but got yeah, it right. We, we got it right. Yeah, so that's exciting. Um, I think we did the the decoy uh, the decoy part justice. We've covered calls, water bottles, hydration bladders, binoculars, decoys. What else is there? A lot. There's a whole lot. Oh, I know vest, and you got you got gloves in the vest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about the vest, but I, I'm talking about what I got in the vest. Yeah. Gloves, face mask, a knife, license, uh, Ziploc bags, uh, turkey tote. Uh, what else? What are the Ziploc bags for? You carry clippers. Clippers. Oh, always have clippers. Yeah. Always have clippers. 
even if you know for a while folks thought i carried that because of like filming and stuff i need to trim some out of my way like no those go with me hey i can't tell you how many times we've been walking through like a thicket or somewhere it's got a bunch of small saplings you just steady cutting your little trail out in front of you so you don't make sound like an elephant walking through there clippers are an absolute must yeah uh there's a pocket for that there is a pocket for that (laughs) i found it yeah mr will insists on his clippers and a saw oh yeah Oh, yeah. he'll, he'll construct Fort Knox out there in the middle of a hardwood bottom. I have, I've heard. I have seen him go to work with a limb saw on a turkey hunt. And I'm like, is he building a log cabin? Like, are we the little house in the prairie over here? We tar- I mean, he will go to town. I saw him cut like a nine-inch cedar tree last year and drug it in front of us because he said I stuck out too bad. Yep, that'll happen. But you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Yep. Suckers, are they can see. They're very shifty. Very shifty. Yeah. Clippers, gloves. I still, I'm still using the the gloves I got are the, um, I can't think of the the, the fingers that come with the, the fingers out. The f- finger, there you go. Yeah. That you're the product guy. I knew, yeah, I knew I you would know. know. I knew you would know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I run those gloves, the Bottomland fingerless stretch fit gloves, and then I still run the, what do we call the, the Ninja Mask that's got the wire in it. What do we call that one? Half um, three. That's a three quarter, ain't it? No, that's a half. Oh, half. The half mask. Mm-hmm. See, that's why we have him here. Yeah. That's the we half would mess mask. it up. All I know is it's the bottom land mask with the wire face shield thing. Yeah. yeah. Or, See, that's or like, half for those of you trying to actually find it. A couple <laughs> a couple years ago, we were doing a live streamed podcast. It was live stream and then it went up and it was on YouTube and people were sending in questions and someone asked what to do, what kind of mouth call they could use if they were allergic to latex. And I said, easy use prophylactic i thought they were two different things apparently prophylactic is a kind of latex it is and yeah that was that i had to i they the someone in customer service was watching me was watching that heard me say that and someone ran back here and alerted me to correct that while the video was still going lake you might kill someone (laughs) i was like ah don't get the no no no, don't do that oh my Guess, yeah, that's just bad luck. I don't, I don't know what to tell that. Person. I think he. I don't know. I feel bad for him. Probably, I mean, I guess the best thing you tell him is find the like do like the Native Americans used to do and what they used to blow leaves and stuff to turkey yeah. call. Yeah, that would be learn an how option. to run a pot call really good. Yeah, or, or you could get that little black thing we have with a little string on it that you can like do it with the bombshell. The bombshell. The bombshell. Yeah. Little push button. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I carry chalk. I carry uh, gotta have chalk. I carry something to rough up a glass surface. Slick stick, slick stick, slick and, stick. Uh, yeah, I carry about two of those. Cause they got seriously, a slick stick is is a deal breaker almost. Yes, because you're if you're hunting a lot. I mean, and when I say a lot, even if you're like only able to hunt on weekends, you, that slick stick comes in so handy. Because yep. mm-hmm. you're gonna need to chalk your box, you're gonna need to scuff your your pot call back up, clean your strikers, all that all stuff. Yeah, all in one. Got to have a slick stick, hundred percent. I've got chapstick. Yeah. I got a little sewing kit. Uh, and like seen me pull out my sewing kit before. I've seen him do it. Anyway, uh, what else I got up in there? I've got a multi tool usually. I got one of those too. I've got a multi tool with me. A pack of gum. Pack of what? Gum. Oh, pack of gum. Yep. I thought you like said pack a gun. I was like, well, when yeah, your mouth obviously. gets dry, help your yeah. mouth call stick to your mouth. I still, and I did not start doing this. This was a uh, this was a Bob Walker thing. I carry a small bottle of mouthwash with me. 
You all go prepared. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've got a small bottle of mouthwash with me at all times because for a couple reasons, I, f- I feel like I can yelp better after I've washed my mouth out. And then I get I get uh, cotton mouthed really bad. So if we go on a walkabout and everything, if I sit down and want to go to calling, my mouth will be so dry and all that stuff. I just take me a swig of mouthwash real quick, get all clean and ready to go again. And then I, in my mind... I can yelp better. Confidence, man. And if he misses a turkey, he just drinks the whole bottle. And take a nap. (laughs) Good long nap. Yeah, he'll have that. Yeah. I I deserve to feel the burn, the pain if I miss a turkey. I usually got some snacks up in that bad boy, too. Heck yeah, I was wondering when you were going to bring that up. I mean, I know you lost a lot of weight recently, but... I've usually got some kind of, of, you know, a little protein bar or something like that. There's a pretty good chance there's a little Debbie or maybe some Skittles in my vest. Yeah, see, as far as turkey snacks go, like, I I tend to go... uh, I don't go the little Debbie route because I know they'll probably get smashed they up will. in my vest. I go like like granola bars, like Cliff bars and stuff yeah. like that. I usually hang on pretty hard because you can't really ruin those. Yeah, no. they can get smashed in there. Yeah, same. Or I have been known like if we have some deer sausage or elk sausage or something, I'll put them in a Ziploc bag and shove them shove them down in there. That's always good. Yeah. I think that about covers what's in mine. I can't think of anything else. I usually have about two times as much stuff in there opening day then i'm like i don't know why yeah. i've got all this crap i and dump it that. out by the end yeah. of the season i'm running way lighter than the first day yeah i do always have a turkey tote with me um i think jordan said that already but so, sometimes like the turkey tote that i've got um i've got one that i've been using for a couple of years now my friend kurt out of alabama made it for me it's like that the whole West Alabama turkey hunting culture. Mm-hmm. They have the, the leather strap that they do, and I really like that. He made one for me. Um, then another guy, uh, he makes these, a uh, boy from Alabama. Uh, his name is Remington, I think. Pretty sure. If I got your name wrong, man, I apologize. But he recently sent me one that he made out of paracord that I'll probably use some this spring. But those are nice to have if you get in situations, like if you have a long walk out. You want to hang that thing up instead of toting it, you know, with your hands the entire time? The way mine is, it's like, I can't, like, it's almost miserable toting a turkey the way I used to. Yeah. Because mine, I made, like, it's long enough where I can put a, a piece of it around the head of a turkey, then I put the other side of it on the feet of the turkey, and I carry him kind of like a satchel. Yeah, that's how this one that Remington made from Alabama. Kurt's, uh, like, I found a way to rig it where, I, like, I can almost like get it to where it'll loop over my shoulder yeah but it, they are nice to, for a longer walk out like if you get way way back in there and you got a mile two mile three mile turkey toast nice yeah very very nice mm-hmm. what else this thing i had an I, I knew of something that i wanted to say and then i thought about turkey tote and i lost my thought there's oh i almost always have an ink pen with me yeah i've got that in there with my license because uh you don't really need one in Mississippi, you know, if you're going to check in a turkey's electronic, but some other states, you know, you still have, you know, you got to mark right on your tag and all yep. that kind of stuff. And so it's always just good to have one. So I always have those. Always have electrical tape. That's a good one to have in case you need to put a tag on a leg. Different states, you know, have those laws. Yeah. I got sunglasses in mine a lot. Huh. I'll have a pair of, you know, non-mirrored that I just kind of keep in my vest. Yeah. Hmm. Bright days. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. I wear my glasses a lot during the middle of the day, you know. Yeah. And uh, I usually... I'm s- real bad about remembering to get them out of my truck if it's dark. Yeah. Because I don't have them on. Yeah. Well, and so then I get out there and it's bright and I'm like, man, I really wish I had them. So I just, I have a set that I run in my vest and then mm. being a Missouri boy, you got to have a 
a grocery set in case you stumble into some morel mushrooms. So I've always got <laughs> yeah. that. I've always yeah. got two or three of those in there. The but. one year that I finally got to get into some morel mushrooms, I realized what all the fuss was about very quickly when we cooked them that night. They're pretty awesome. Because it wasn't like me and Jordan were in the same boat. We didn't know what to do. I mean, you knew you were supposed to eat them, but we'd never cooked them before. And so we were lucky the guy, Joel, cooked some, cooked some up for us. And Joel's a good cook anyway. And I was like, oh, okay, I see why people get worked up about these. I mean, they're good. I think it's the season's so short. It's like one of those things you can only have it for a week. So it's like yeah. kind of like it's, turkey. Hunting. It's a specialty. Well, and I remember we brought some back home, and uh, one night we had we had fried turkey nuggets and morel mushrooms. Yeah, like that was the meal, and I was yeah. like, I really enjoy this <laughs> yeah. just because the mushrooms. All I mean, it was just. It we was, call it the the springtime slam in in Missouri. It's turkey breast, morel mushrooms, and fried crappie fillets all at the same time. That's pretty strong. It's pretty awesome. That's pretty strong. Yep. Look, yeah, that sounds really good. Do we have anything else? What haven't we covered? Probably a lot. I don't know. I needed. I should have brought my vest and just went through it. Yeah. Yeah, that probably would have been conducive for a What's in the Vest podcast. I didn't bring mine either. <laughs> I, I just packed it up the other day and I was like, all right, I got everything. And I probably don't. Yeah, no, see, I've I, my stuff is not packed up yet. Everything that I plan on bringing is laid out right now in my room. Tonight, since we're leaving tomorrow morning, I will go through it again for probably the fourth time and just try it like, because I want to be, here's what's going to happen. It happens every year. I'll go tonight. I'll go, yep, I've got everything. And then about mid-morning of opening day in South Florida, I'll go, oh, man, I forgot. Yep. Eh, whatever. I'll be like, here you go, son. That's all right. That if you has, got if you got a shotgun and you got shells and you got a mouth helper, you can figure it out. You can make it work. You can figure it out. A little bit of camo. Yeah. You'll yeah. be okay. Make it work. So yeah. I think we did it justice. Uh as far as like I think we hit at least hit the essentials. I know <laughs> we didn't talk about guns and ammunition and stuff, but I mean you need a gun. We shoot federal heavyweight TSS. It's done yep. us done us pretty solid. I have nothing negative to say about it. Um, Lake's misses are not the fault of the ammo. No, they absolutely are not. They're the fault of me. <laughs> yeah, Hi. Those misses have occurred with like three different guns. Hi, I'm Lake, and I miss turkeys sometimes. Yeah. And then he kills two with one shot. They, that was, oh, that was funny. Uh, whatever. There's not, most of the time when They're I make. on my side of the tree, too. The what? The turkeys. You juked the, them out. No, 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 no. We were in, we're going to hash this out again, apparently. I never said, if you can go back and watch the video, I said, Troy, do you want someone to shoot, do you want Jordan to shoot these? And I never, you will never hear me say no. You won't hear me tell you not to shoot. It's true. What are you talking about? You're talking about me juking the turkeys just, out from under you or whatever. It's turkey hunting etiquette. You don't shoot a turkey on the man, other man's side of the tree. By the time I shot him, he was on my side. No. This yeah. debate's going to go on a few more times. All right, we got to go. The video is out we, there. We it's, got, actually, it's on YouTube right now. It yeah. came out yesterday. We got bags to pack go and all kind yourself. of stuff, so we, we need to go. Okay, well, we're going to wrap this up, guys. I hope you all enjoyed the conversation. Uh, once again, check out the Onyx Hunt app. Use the promo code PRIMOS20 to receive 20% off your Onyx membership. Head on over to primos.com to check out any of the things we talked out today. And, yeah, we'll see you all back next week. Thank you all for listening to the Speak the Language podcast.